Hey everyone, it's Jenna Melanson from Canadian Beats Media, and I'm here with Jennifer Hall from Mobius Artist Management in Toronto for our newest segment of Inside the Music. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Jenna. Thanks so much for having me. So first off, how did you get into the role of publicist and management? Um, it actually happened for me quite accidentally and organically. I was working um, as a project manager in telecom. And one of my close friends was putting out um, an EP. And he's such a brilliant and talented musician that I wanted to make sure that it got in uh, introduced to as many people as possible. So I um, didn't have money to go out to the horseshoe one night and I just uh, made a project plan for him and we just kind of went from there and it grew from there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, where did the name Mobius Artist Management come from? So um, the name Mobius Artist um, Management as well as um, everything that it's grown into in terms of a name as well as our, my logo logo came from my first artist, um, Marlon Chaplin, who was my, um, my close friend. Um, and it seems kind of like a perfect fit for me. He'd always wanted to do something with the name. And it was really important to me that since it was my only artist that we kind of come up collaboratively with a name that would represent both of us together. So um, for those that don't know and what Mobius means to me, um, a Mobius strip is essentially like a continual a continual single-sided loop that if you were to trace essentially comes back to the start and I think that that's really representative of the music industry um, it's something that's orient orientless so um, if you were to come back to the start it's not necessarily in the same position so in this industry you're constantly needing to evolve and keep up with new technologies and new ways of reaching fans and audience and new ways of introducing and getting your art out to the world um, and so that's why I feel that it's a it's kind of a good fit for what we do um, yeah. it's something that as somebody who is a lifelong lover of music that would line up for albums outside the store you know now I'm getting up at midnight and listening to those new releases as they come in so it is something that's constantly evolving. <laughs> when someone comes to you for publicity, what are the main, main things you think they should have prepared and what should they be aware of? Um, I think there's quite a few things that would fall into this category that artists um, may not think of. One is to allow yourself enough leave time. So you're going to want to leave you know, five or six weeks before the release of your um, song to be able to come up with all of the pieces that you're going to need for yourself and your publicist to be successful. Or if you're doing it on your own, even you're going to need that time. So that allows you time to upload to your distributor and have that song go to the different DSPs and um, have a chance of having it listened to by curators. Um, so if you wanted to get on a big Apple or Spotify list, like that, that's all done through your, um, through your artist applications. And it does take some time uh, to get to those resources. Um, you're also going to want to have um, a unique photo set for each release or unique art that you can 
be able to attach some of the quotes that come in um, to and make it uh, unique and branded to your release. Um, just so that, you know, publications and outlets aren't constantly recycling the same photos over and over. Um, it's important just because when people do look at that piece of publicity, they may not recognize it as something that's new if it's using photos like from previous releases and things like that. Um, you're going to want to give, um, be authentic with your publicist as, and with your audience and make it as authentic as, as your music is. So um, what sets it apart beyond being a good song? So is there a story behind the song? Um, was there something interesting that happened to you during the recording of the song, the production of the song? What kind of story can you tell that's going to make this great piece of art that you um, have produced stand out in the pile of hundreds of submissions that have come in to, um, to that outlet and publication? Um, I think another, another key thing is for yourself and your, your publicist to really understand what it is that your end goals are for this. So are you looking for a couple of key quotes that you can use in your electronic press kit? Um, are you looking for um, new audience that is gonna engage with your social media? Are you looking for new fans to, to um, listen to your music on Spotify and Apple? Are you looking for people to purchase your music physically um, and to get people out to shows and get bums and seats? So it's really, um, it's really important to be clear with the expectations coming in to make sure that they're both realistic, as well as that your um, publicist knows which kind of outlets that they're going to reach out to, to achieve those goals for you. You not only focus on digital publicity, but also traditional forms. What can you tell us about that? So I do, I do like most publicists, focus a lot on digital media because um, that's kind of the age that we're living in and that's how we consume a lot of content. But I do like to really vary that approach because audience is everywhere and potential audience is everywhere. And I find that the audiences of certain genres reside in um, more places than just in digital media as well. So I like to um, do TV, and have artists, uh, you know, do new music segments on TV um, so that people can hear them play live, which I think is important, especially if you're a new artist that's starting out and people like talent buyers for festivals and things like that haven't seen you perform live. Performing live on TV can be one way of, um, of having something that's a recording that you can send out to support those applications. Um, it also is introducing you to people who are just having coffee, watching the news, um, yeah. who may not have been, you know, seeking you out, like all of a sudden there you are. Um, I like to also pitch specialty shows on terrestrial radio. Um, so some of those shows, um, on CIUT and some of the other college radio stations are ways of reaching, um, new audience who again, may not have heard of you. Uh, podcasts are a big one right now. A lot of people have long commutes right now. 
or have um, the ability to actually listen to that kind of thing during their work days. And so that's um, something that helps resonate with people who aren't apt to just read um, an article. Um, also, there's some really interesting things being done in uh, the YouTube space as well. Um, Add the sock, our favorite, uh, our favorite personality from uh, the 90s is back with something called New Music Nation. Um, and I've had, you know, interviews and videos posted through that medium. And that's, um, you know, taken a little bit of a break during COVID, but I think is is ramping up back up again. And it's something that's really unique. And um, I think that it resonates a lot and holds a lot of nostalgia with people who were genuine music lovers back in the day. Mm -hmm that had no outside distractions um, and are more likely to actually engage with that content because they're looking to get that world of non-distraction back. <laughs> um, I think that's, I think that's probably it. There's always new things though. Like your fans are, your fans are everywhere. Your fans are on Pinterest. Um, they're on pals, which is the, the new form of buns. Um, a short like anecdote to that is I actually started listening to Monowale's music because I kept seeing Sally actually post on buns, getting outfits and things for their shows. Um, so somebody can become interested in your music and in what you're doing through all kinds of different mediums. And I feel like it's important when you're starting out or even when you're established to get yourself everywhere, to give yourself the best chance of engaging with those people that you wouldn't normally have a chance to talk to. Yeah, for sure. Social media is so important in this day and age. How often do you think musicians should update their socials? And are there certain platforms that are more important in your opinion? I, this is such a tough question. <laughs> they're all important. So just building on a little bit of the last answer, I think that it's important for people to post regularly on all of them. And there are, um, there are some platforms that artists gravitate towards and they tend to ignore some of the others. And I wanted to talk a little bit about why I feel like they're all important and, um, and the frequency. So I think that from what I'm noticing right now, Instagram seems to be um, the artist's choice. So this is where a lot of people are going and they're posting regularly. They're interacting people, interacting with people regularly. Um, most people are seem to be doing stories and more um, reels are becoming a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, more prevalent and important. Um, as people get their get more comfortable with using those those technologies. Um, but while we may not feel like it's exciting to be on Facebook and Twitter, there are people that are looking for that information for us and about us on those platforms. So people like um, managers who are booking tours in different cities are looking on Facebook, they're looking on Instagram, they're looking on Twitter to see how active you are, to see where you are, um, to find your music and see whether it's a good fit with their artist. Talent buyers are also looking um, when they're considering your, your, um, your festival applications to see 
you know, what you sound like, what you look like, what your engagement's like, all of those kinds of things. So if we ignore those, those uh, two platforms, which we seem to feel are less important, those are actually where the people that, that we want to reach professionally might be, might be. Also, if you're, um, if you're a rock musician, in particular, and rock and alternative is one of one of the um, genres that I specialize in. I find that a lot of a lot of the people that um, are going to gravitate towards your music are actually using Facebook quite a lot. So I think it's an important one um, that we shouldn't forget about. Mm-hmm. And um, TikTok obviously is a big one. Um, it's an emerging one, and it's growing faster and faster by the day. So I do recommend that everybody be on there as well. And I find that it's not just for kids anymore and people aren't just using it to do little dances and things like that. There are people genuinely seeking out um, to discover new music that way. And there's people, influencers that can use your music in their videos and things like that. So I think it's an important one to be on. With respect to frequency, I'd say that Facebook's a more static platform, so I'd probably only post once per day. Um, Instagram story and Twitter, you can post several times a day because it's showing up in somebody's um, feed. So you're essentially trying to catch them in the moment. And if they're not online at that moment, it's good to have a second a second chance to introduce that content to them unless they're going directly to your profile and, and doing a catch up. Um, Instagram itself, I think that people should, uh, one important thing is is to not just focus on story, but also to, also to make sure that you're posting to your actual, um, your actual posts because people, if they don't see your stories, they may not, they may not know that you're as active as you are on, uh, on, um, on Instagram. So I think that that's a good way of having something that's more static for people who are scrolling through your entire feed, looking for those things like performances and press and like all of those different types of things. What else makes Mobius artist management and PR stand out from the crowd? Hmm, that's a tough question. Um, I would say that I'm, if I was to think of three kind of words and phrases that would describe me, I would say that I'm fearless, um, I'm authentic, and I'm politely relentless. So when I started out doing this with no formal training, um, you didn't know what you didn't know. So in my mind, people were going to hear about my artists someday. So why not today? And a lot of the opportunities that I got for my artists were just in taking that chance. You, you can't get if you don't ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the TV placements that I got were just through doing that, through looking up who I contact, through, you know, just speaking passionately and authentically about my artist and how much I really wanted their audiences to be able to see what I was hearing and seeing. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I... Only, I only work songs that I really, really, really love. Um, and I, that helps me build relationships with um, the outlets um, that, I'm, that I'm trying to pitch to. I wanna genuinely turn those media outlets into fans of my artists so that they champion not only this release, but their future music as well. So mm-hmm. some of the people that I 
um, pitched in those early days for press, I told the, you know, the real story of why this artist was important to me, why their music was important to me. And they still come to those shows, like they still come to the shows live today to see those artists and became genuine fans. And I think that that is the greatest reward in all of this. It's why we do this. It's why we believe for this. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add for someone who's looking into hiring a publicist? I would say to do your homework. So, um, you know, if you're going, it's, it's just like, um, it's just like a publicist publishing or pitching to a publication where it does the bigger the publicist or the bigger the publication isn't always um, the better choice for you. That person has to be someone that uh, you connect with, that you can have a genuine connection with and be as authentic as you need to be and as honest as you need to be with um, in order to have the most success for your release. when that publicist is going out, for example, I know for myself, when I get smaller placements or what people might view as smaller placements, those are often the ones that actually give us the best quotes and the best, like, I don't mean the the best as in like more positive, although they generally are, um, but the, the more, um, um, the, the, like the more in-depth content. So instead of just putting us on a blog playlist, for example, or on a Spotify playlist, which may or may not get listens, like people are actually listening to the music and giving um, an organic response to the song instead of just, you know, printing my press release or something like that. So I would say that when you're when you're looking at a publicist, look for somebody that's going to tell your story instead of just creating the press release, but it's going to find a way to actually make get people to listen to your music and get them to share it and share enthusiastically with their with their audiences. Great. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to working with you much more. Thank you. I um, always enjoy working with you, Jenna.